1: Chris, two absolutely fascinating tweets from you on Tuesday night during the England-Italy game. One was a photograph of some pea and ham soup. (laughs) The other one was about Jude Bellingham. Um, I'm more interested in the second one. You described Bellingham as playing a different game to everybody else. It's up to you whether you want to talk about the soup or not.
0: Uh, (laughs) I don't mind talking about the soup. I love pea and ham soup. Uh, I just... uh... I don't know. I don't know where you are on Bellingham. I don't know where you are on soup. And frankly, I don't care. But, uh, every time I watch him, I just, I just marvel, uh, with him. He is for a player so young. He's 20 years old, for heaven's sake. He, he is so mature. The way he, the way he plays, the way he conducts himself off the pitch as well. But just, just from a playing perspective, The way that he moves, he glides, the way that he seems to be like two yards ahead of everybody else on the pitch. And you think if this is him at 20, if this is him at 20, what on earth is he going to be? What type of player is he going to be at at, at 25? I'm so, so impressed with him.
1: You do have to remind yourself that he is only 20 years old. Now, in the pages of the Daily Mail and on Daily Mail, uh, Mail Online and all the digital platforms today, we have um, a snippet from a scouting report that a Premier League club wrote about Bellingham back in the day when he was 16. Um, this club actually didn't go on to sign him, but it was when he was playing for Birmingham against Portsmouth in a League Cup game. And he was described as having a fantastic mentality intelligence in terms of finding space, makes plenty of runs away from the ball, doesn't give it away, huge potential, only 16, sign him, develop him, develop him, send him on loan. In 18 months, he will play for our first team. That. I mean, if you were that scout who'd written that report and your club didn't sign him, as I'm told that club didn't, you'd be pretty frustrated. But that's the level that he, that's the level that he was at when he was 16. He's four years on from that now.
0: I actually think the off-field stuff and the way he speaks uh, and conducts himself really tells you a lot about him and he's not one of those types of players who seems to who, who seems that he's ever going to go off the rails it seems to me he's he's such a a sensible sort of guy isn't he just loves his football I
1: accused him of showboating in um, in a game oh, in um, yeah. Poland when England played Ukraine <laughs> last month. Uh, which yeah, uh, I which forgot seem, that yeah. seems a bit ridiculous now. Although 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 I do I do stand by because he was showboating that night, but um, he certainly wasn't on Tuesday. And one of the impressive things about him is the way that he he owns that pitch, he, he owns that stadium, he interacts with the crowd. Um, After two minutes of that game on Tuesday, Harry Maguire made a good interception and a good pass. Jude Bellingham started applauding, actually applauding his own teammate while play was going on. That is the level of kind of confidence that this guy has. I'm beginning to wonder if it won't be long before he is, if not our captain, certainly our most important player, our spiritual leader ahead, even of Harry Kane. There's just a presence about Bellingham that I think sometimes you actually have to be in the stadium to see it and to see the effect and the, the ripple effect that it has through the team. There's a presence about Bellingham an authority about Bellingham. I'll tell you what, I did think one thing when I was leaving uh, Wembley on Tuesday, England, England had been, England had been terrific against Italy, but as I was walking uh, along Wembley way to the tube, I did just think to myself, if only Dan Byrne had been playing.
0: You've got, you've got that wrong. Do, do you know what? If they lacked anything, England, they lacked that, that, that little bit of balance on the left-hand side. And that height at the back post as well.
1: The Premier League is back this weekend, which is uh, good news f- f- for everybody. Um, Manchester United are oh, at Sheffield United at 8 o'clock on Saturday night. Um, I don't like Saturday night football. It's, football should not be played on the Saturday night as far as I'm concerned. I don't know why this, this slot has been introduced into, into the calendar. Saturday nights for me are for going out, going out for something to eat, going to the pub, sitting on the sofa and watching the generation game or whatever it is <laughs> people watch the, these days. It's not about football. It's not great for travelling fans either. Eight o'clock kickoff Saturday night for me in the bin. I'm sorry.
0: But some people like it. But some people, some people, you know, it's it's the time when they have a break at the weekend. You know, they work all week, Monday to Friday, have to concentrate on the jobs. Saturday's a day of release, so some people enjoy the football on a Saturday night, don't they? So just because, just because you, just because you're a misery and and don't like it, I take your point about the 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 uh, the travelling away fans. That's you know, that's has to be awkward for them, but. Some people like the Saturday night football.
1: Uh, Arsenal go to Chelsea. Arsenal have just beaten Manchester City. Can they go to Chelsea and back that up with another one? Ooh, uh,
0: so, Arsenal's record at, at Chelsea in the last, I think, three seasons has been excellent. Uh, for, uh, I think if you go back sort of through their, their history and their record at Stamford Bridge, I don't think that it's been that... I don't know whether it's been that good, but the last three seasons they've sort of gone there and done a job uh, I think that not they need to back it up I think the Manchester City result stands alone but I, I think that would have given the group a great deal of confidence we've spoken about that uh, that game that result, the importance of it albeit it wasn't Arsenal at their free-flowing best they did it uh, another way um, but you know, it, it, it just means that uh, the Arsenal are title contenders and if they go and, and beat the Chelsea team who are improving now then I think that would be another big statement for them.
1: I think it would. Now, big news, quite big news out of Arsenal um, today. Um, Aaron Ramsdale and David Rea, We know are in competition for the goalkeeping spot at, at Arsenal. You and I have had a bit of uh, a bit of back and forth over that so far the, the, this season. It's four all, by the way. Now, four appearances for Ramsdale in the league. Four appearances for for Raya. Obviously, that will tip Raya's way on um, on on if he Saturday, plays, which, if he starts. Um, which I will. Uh, w- which she will. Now, Ramsdale spoke to us um, in the in the media interview area after the England game. And those quotes have been released and published uh, um, today at lunchtime. And they're interesting because Ramsdale sp- stood there and spoke for a long time. And w- th- one of the things he said was he did admit, and I'm, I'm just looking at this transcript here, he admits that he is suffering and hurting for not playing. I have to stand up and be able to push David and make sure he's ready for the weekend if he's picked to play, but he makes it clear that he is unhappy. He's hurting at not playing for Arsenal at the moment.
0: Yeah. Do do you know what? I, I have so much admiration for Aaron Ramsdale, the way that he's conducted himself. Uh, and and the way he speaks, I think that he's 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 brutally honest. Um, you know, seeing his his quotes, it's all about you know people asking him about England, and he's talking about well, I need to get back into the Arsenal team first and foremost. That's that's what I need to do. Thought he addressed the uh, the situation about his his uh, dad's tweet and response to to Jamie Carragher uh, brilliantly. He, he obviously wasn't happy with the response, but. Um, you know his dad was away having a a, a few beers abroad and, and responded as a dad would sticking up for their uh, their son but he takes everything within his stride and it's about what he does that's what i liked about it there weren't any excuses it's about respecting uh, david Rea as a good goalkeeper working as hard pushing him on Rea pushes dr- drives uh, ramsdale on as well and having that having that competitiveness but respecting you know, a teammate, but it's all about with him. It's all about, it's what I do. I need to somehow find a way of getting back in the Arsenal team. I'm not happy about being dropped, but not sort of harbouring grudges and blaming sort of anybody else. I, I really mm. like the way that he talks. And I think he is refreshingly honest.
1: And just going back to something you referenced there, the, the Jamie Carragher thing, um, just to, to recap. So, um Uh, Carragher on Twitter uh, made a bit of a joke about Ramsdale applauding a David Rea save in, I think it was in the North London Derby. Uh, I think so, I might be wrong. Um, And um, he was suggesting that that, that Ramsdale was doing it in the way that um, actors do it when they see somebody else picking up an Oscar that they wanted to win. Um, Ramsdale's dad had a pop back on Twitter um, at Jamie Carragher suggesting that he should have a bit of class. And in his interview after the England game this week, Aaron Ramsdale has explained that his dad was away on a golf trip um, with his pals and says, and this is a quote, he obviously just had a few too many on the golf course. It doesn't help that my dad did it, but he was on a golf trip with 19 other lads from a local pub. I wasn't too mad at him. He didn't say anything out of turn. And I, I, I love that because what that does it totally diffuses that situation. It, it, it betrays it for what it is, which was which was nothing really. Um, but I also like the fact, just reflecting on what you, what you said there, mate, about the fact that Ramsdale stood there and spoke on Tuesday. A lot of players, when things are going against them or they're not in the team or they're not playing well, they hide from the media because they, they feel that what they say might make things worse or they're embarrassed um, or they're angry. But to see him stand there and just... It, Talk honestly, heart on sleeve. I love that about him, and it's it's hard not to to wish him well. Having said all that, at some point, if he's not in the Arsenal team, he's going to have to make a choice, isn't he? Yeah, because there's a European Championships next. Yeah,
0: summer. and and do you know what? I I think he realizes that. I think at this moment in time, though, his focus is on uh, training as hard as he possibly can, and. So, uh, Trying to trying to uh, persuade Mikel Arteta that he's good enough to be first choice at uh, at Arsenal um, as well. But I, I I really like that relationship thing with with him and Raya. And I know Carragher made the comment, which you know was was an opinion uh, about his his reaction. But you know maybe Ramsdale is just a, a decent fella, which which he seems to be.
1: Now another player who who another player who wears his heart on his sleeve is Todd Cantwell. Todd Cantwell was a, a very, very good footballer attacking midfield player for Norwich in their um, uh, first prem, uh, first foray into the uh, Premier League a few years ago. Um, lost his way a little bit subsequently. Alone at Bournemouth didn't take him very far. He's now at Rangers and you have upset him.
0: You know, he's had another sort of pop this week. The thing I don't understand, I genuinely don't understand... This is, you know, there's that, there's that old adage uh, in football, do you talking on the pitch? I think at this moment in time, he's, he's away with the fairies. I really do. and The, the sort of the frustrating thing. I just think that for, for someone who to date has had a, you know, a bang average career, he doesn't have, have a high opinion of himself. You know, he's, he, he's sort of better known. And the truth is so, the, the truth is he, he's better known for his social media presence being on TikTok than he is for what he's done on the pitch. And that's, that's something, which if I was him, I would, I would want to address. I think he needs to focus on his football.
1: Todd Cantwell appeared on the beautiful game podcast this week. And this is what he said about you. He spoke about you for two or three minutes, quite passionately. Um, he accused you of jumping on players. He accused you of being an attention seeker. He said, why are you so interested in Todd Cantwell and not Celtic? Why are you sat on Twitter hammering a lad? Why is he tweeting a 25 year old trying to, he's trying to stay relevant. It's sad. So, um, you know, he's not on the fence. That's for sure.
0: Uh, Oh, blimey. Staying relevant. I don't do Kate. Bush weird type dancers on TikTok uh, to 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 stay relevant. I'm a does he? As what I'm told, I don't have a TikTok uh, account. But what what? So so listen. My role, okay, as a as a pundit when I'm south of the border is to talk about English teams. I've, uh, I've had a role north of the border for a decade, and do you know what? Pundits talk about all Scottish teams, so that's why I talk about Todd Cantwell. And Rangers, but I also talk about Aberdeen and Hearts and Hibs and and all the other Scottish team because that is that is my job. I don't know why he's, I, I seriously don't know why he's getting involved uh, in sort of these sort of comebacks uh, all the time. What I do think, I think timing is, you know, is really important in football and this is a guy who, I mean, all these quotes come out on the same day as the new Rangers manager is appointed. This is a guy who, along with the other Rangers players, at the start of this season have had a not a great start to the season. The manager has been sacked. What would I be doing in that situation? Honestly, I would be keeping my head down. I would be keeping my mouth shut. I would be training hard and I'd be thinking, we need to work our way back into a certain level of form before we can even think about sort of spouting our mouths off again, but he, he, he's oblivious to it all. And that's, that's the sort of most worrying thing, uh, which I can see. And this is a guy, you know, Michael Beal, Michael Beal signed Todd Cantwell. And essentially Michael's Beal's, uh, Michael Beal's big players, Todd Cantwell included, didn't turn up in the big games. Todd Cantwell went missing in action against PSV, Uh, in the Champions League qualifiers, missing in action against Celtic. You go back to last season in the big, meaningful meaningful games against Celtic. What's your memory of Todd Cantwell? Stealing a water bottle, taking a water bottle away from the Celtic midfielder, Riho Hatati. Not a ball, taking a water bottle away from him. That is our memory of Todd Cantwell in the big game. So I would just reiterate to him, just do your talking On the pitch, Todd. And then, if you actually, so I read some of his quotes about Norwich City. Okay. The five managers previous to Michael Beale, Mm. they all discarded Todd. All right. Why did they discard Todd, so something must be up, so you think, well, do you know what? you fall out with one manager, and uh, you know that that may be understandable. One manager may be wrong, then you think, well, could it be two managers who are wrong? Okay, well, we'll give him that. Should we even give him three managers? Well, do you know what if we're being generous, but five managers, okay. All thought the same thing about him. So when is the penny going to drop? And 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 is Todd actually going to take some responsibility for his own actions? Do you talking on the pitch?
1: He he describes his treatment at at, at Norwich towards the end as as barbaric.
0: um, uh,
1: Out out of the team, earning
0: earning the right, earning the right. So 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 I I saw the comment. Well, he was in Norwich twenty threes as a sixteen year old. Okay, well that that doesn't matter a jot. So he worked his way into the first team. He had a decent season. I think it was 2021 where I actually went to interview and uh, interview him, and he was flying. But you have to maintain that form, and he didn't do that. So nobody nobody has a divine right to to play in a team uh, because. You know, or, or not playing a team because you you, you played in a, in in the twenty threes when you were sixteen years old. If that if that makes any sense, I haven't put that uh, across particularly well. But he doesn't have a divine right to play. All these managers would have would have picked a a fit and firing Todd Cantwell if he was playing well enough. So, you know, they are, are they. I just put it, You know, are they all wrong? Why is Todd always the victim? In these circumstances, just a little bit of self reflection and then some of the other stuff which sort of sums him up and maybe I'm being you know slightly unfair. He had that comment after all I'd done for Norwich city well, you know he was he was okay for the club i mean that was that was pretty baffling. the fact that he talks about himself in I... the third person tells you enough you know what you want to know about him. i mean i mean. Who does that? I don't know. I don't know whether you do that. And then the, uh, and then the Bayern Munich, uh, thing. Bayern Munich nearly signed me. Well, I nearly flew to the moon.
1: Ian Lederman does not talk about himself in the first person. I will say that right away. Um, but I think one of the things that, um, it's clearly irritated. Todd is that when he was at Norwich and he was his his star was in the ascendancy, he was flying high. You went to interview him
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, for uh, Mail Online and the and the Daily Mail, and obviously said lots of nice things to him, and then wrote not lots of nice things about him. In his interview on the Beautiful Game podcast this week, he references that, and it's almost as though he feels that you've come so far away from that opinion now that he feels a little bit betrayed by you.
0: Um, I wrote, I wrote that. Um, I mean, him coming up through the ranks at Norwich is a, is a really good story. Norwich has sort of prided itself on uh, players being developed from within. Todd is one of those boys and he got off to a, to a flyer when he went, when he went into the first team, hence why there was focus on him. I think he scored six goals at that, that season in the Premier League at a, had a you know a really decent season. The attention was on him, so we went uh, went along with uh, Kieran Gill, uh, and we interviewed Todd, and he was flying and he was doing well and he was articulate. But since then, the truth is he's lost his way. I remember covering a game for BT where he was chucking his arms around uh, and blaming other players, and went off down the tunnel in a huff and and calling him out uh, for that, but. You know, I lost my way at times throughout my career. I always thought uh, that the best way uh, of dealing with things, though, is getting back to the training ground, working hard, shutting your mouth when things aren't going well, and uh, and, and proving yourself on the pitch. And that's, you know, it's it's the same for Todd. Uh, you know, I'll stand by this, So, Ian. So you've been a journalist for a long time now. Name three three standout moments from Todd Cantwell's career. Are you still there?
1: Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't name a single. I, He's I 20, can't, twenty-five. Yeah, I can't name 20, a single one. But I can I, I, I no, I mean a specific. Yeah, so, no, a specific. Yeah, uh, I can't uh, remember uh, a specific uh, and one. That, and that, I can't remember though, the fuss about it. I can't remember. Imme- no, hang on, hang on. I can remember a time when he played, he did play consistently well for Norwich when he was getting rave reviews. So let's not pretend that he hasn't had a time when he played well, because he did have a time when he played well. What I want to ask you before we finish quickly is he's 25 now, as you say, is there a way back to the very top level for Todd Cantwell or not?
0: Um, is there a way? I think... Uh... Short answer. <laughs> There's always a way. There's always a way back. But I think that he his I I I'm not sure that football is his biggest focus, or he focuses enough on football. And a little bit like, but you know, it, he should learn from what's happened to Michael Beale. Okay, the Rangers fans eventually saw through Michael Beale, and the same thing could happen to Todd Cantwell if he doesn't start performing. On the pitch, he's been part in the last however months he's been at Rangers. Whatever anybody wants to say, he has been part of teams in the big moments where he just hasn't performed, and that's it. Michael Beale uh, ended up uh, losing his job because of it, and people will see uh, through Todd. Just keep your head down. We, you know, we talked about Aaron Ramsdale earlier. Okay. Aaron Ramsdale's comments about social media. He turns his notifications off. His focus is on football and football alone, sort of getting involved in sort of social media spats, this, that and the other. I don't, I don't get it. If, if, if I was flying and if I was playing well, then maybe so. But when you haven't kicked a ball basically consistently for, three seasons and you're sort of blaming everybody else for that maybe you just sometimes got to look at yourself and think I'm going to focus on myself not on other things which are going on around me
1: I think um I think I think uh Todd Cantwell versus Chris Sutton um may continue for that's not going to help him is it Yet, I think the Aaron Ramsdale interview that you referenced again there um, will be on Mail Online this afternoon. It'll be in the Daily Mail print edition tomorrow. Have a look at it. It's it's interesting. It's fascinating, and it is a a, a decent contrast there between one player dealing with some difficult times one way, and another player, Todd Campbell at Rangers, dealing with it another way. Now, listen. Uh, this has been fun. Uh, great to see you as always. Now, I won't see you on Monday for uh, in London for our uh, it's all kicking off podcast. You're taking I'm taking a holiday. I'm going to Tenerife. I'm getting away. From- I'm getting away from you I'm getting away from football I'm getting away from the you. Manchester weather I'm going to the sunshine I'm, I'm going to Tenerife there was somebody else sitting in my chair on Monday be nice to him be kind to him and I'll see you on Zoom this time
0: next week